0: Get your Bible and go to Isaiah 28, chapter, chapter 28.
1: Now, I have
0: th- two titles for this. Number one title is Trust Not Try. And well, that's a great title. I didn't come up with it. John G. Lake did. My title is The Key to Revelation Knowledge. And we're going to talk about them both. So are you ready? Three people. That's uh, Wilson. You ready? Okay. You know who Mr. Wilson is, don't you? He's the guy who lived next door to Dennis Dimena. You'd have never thought that that Wilson would marry Dennis Dimena, or have been Dennis the Menace as a girlfriend, would you? You never would have thought of that. How God put Dennis, the female Dennis the Menace with Mr. Wilson. I'm just picking on you real bad. Tonight's the night to pick on you, Mel. You can see that. You can see that. If I pick on you, it's because I love you. If I don't ever pick on you, I don't even like you. I don't even know your name. No, no, I'm teasing. That's not true. Isaiah 28. I'm going to start off by reading the scripture. Again, the other day I was praying about something. The Lord began to make some statements to me. And we're going to talk now about praying in tongues. I'm going to read a scripture to you, and before I get started, I'm going to make a statement to you. There's more to tongues than just praying in tongues. There's way. This is not an unimportant or a sideline issue. Now, what do I mean by that? You buy a car, you can pick and choose whether it has the the top that goes back or not, and you can pick whether the truck has steps that come up and fold. This is not that. This is the motor. This is this is one of the most important things you'll ever do in your entire life as a born-again Christian, praying in other tongues. Well, number one, the devil, he don't like it. So he's got whole denominations that preach against it. And then people who do speak in tongues don't really understand the necessity of it or how awesome what you have is. You have way more than you know you do. So I'm going to start off by reading the scripture to you. And I'm going to start with 28 verse verse, 9. Whom... Will he teach knowledge? That would be God. Whom will he make to understand the message? Just, those just weaned from milk? Question mark. Those drawn from breast? Question mark. Precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Line upon line here a little and there a little. Let me stop right there before we get into tongues. Knowledge is not anything you're going to get it all at once. Let me say that again because so many of you are here going, there's so much I don't understand. Let me tell you something. I've been doing this for a long time, and I still feel like I don't know much. There's so much knowledge, so much to know about God and walking with God and the things of God. I am actually looking forward to the millennial reign. I am. The, 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 the stuff that, you know, that Jesus will teach us 100 years, 200 years, 300 years, 1,000 years, 10,000 years, 20,000 years, we're still going to be learning. So we don't know it now. We certainly don't know it all now. But there is so much more to know. There's so much to get. But the big key you must understand is that God has to teach you some things before he can teach you other things. Because those things you want to know don't make sense until you know this. You have to learn this to know that. And so many people in the body of Christ, they're asking questions, you know, like let's say they're asking ninth grade questions and they're in kindergarten. There are things. Let's talk about marriage for a minute. Just for, There's a time your children look at you and say, Mommy, Mommy, tell me about babies. Well, you got to be real careful with that child because you, some of it you go, I'll tell you some things right now, Mommy, and Daddy. And, but, but, you know, in about 15, 20 years from now, we'll, we'll talk again. And God is very much like that. A lot of stuff he can't say, he can't teach you. And there's so many people in the body of Christ now that even lack a basic foundation. And uh, many of you are way past foundation, thank God for that. But you know what, we're growing. So what you're learning now, I want you to understand that this time next year, You will be learning things that you're like, whoa. I mean, he's going to amaze you forever. So just plan on being amazed, okay? So that's a powerful. I could stay right there for a long, long time. Who are the people he teaches knowledge to? Ones that are already learning some knowledge. Verse 11, for with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to this people to whom he said, this is the rest, wherewith I cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Look at the next verse. Look at it. We're going to just say here a minute. But they don't want to hear that. Well, let me stay there for just a moment. One of the most difficult things that I've ever had, to, and, and some of you may be there tonight. Don't get in condemnation. But, but helping you to understand. Do you speak in tongues? Yes. How often do you? Oh, uh, you know, yes, come, simple once in a while. Yeah, not much. Well, you're dumb as a rock, and you'll never go anywhere. You're never going to learn nothing because it's the door. It's the door. You might think, yeah, I speak in tongues, or I did that, but your head fights you, and your head don't know much. And you got someone don't know much stopping someone who does know a lot like everything. So you've got a child leading a, a genius. Thank you. Okay. So the key, and the devil knows this. The, the devil knows this. Man, I, I, when, I, when I got born again, I remembered in my town, the big issue in my city was tongues is of the And I'm like, I speak in tongues, and I'm not the devil. And I went to a church one time, and the preacher got up, and he was a young preacher, and he was preaching against the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and preaching against the gifts of spirits Spirit, and preaching. And I'm thinking, preach the gospel. You know, and then, I don't care if you speak in tongues. If you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to hell. And I thought, you can't get filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues if Jesus isn't the Lord. And I just got saved last month, and I'm smarter than you are, and you went to the cemetery. And so I didn't feel good in that church, and I just had a hard time finding a church, especially when they found I had long hair and kept trying to get me born again. Boy, that was something. I was, Of course, I had fun with that, so you know how I am. I am very shandai. With stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to this people, that he will cause the weary to rest. There is a refreshing, see, most of your trouble is not physical. Now, let me say this to you so you'll get this, and I want you to get what I'm saying right now. Listen to me very carefully. If you're born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. You live in two worlds. You live in a natural world, and you live in a spiritual world and you are aware that around you is is a spiritual battle and a world in conflict. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. There's a spiritual conflict, and very often you are aware of it, and you even have, Satan's even told you, it's you, and it isn't you. But there's only one way to battle this conflict that's around you, and it's in the Spirit. Now, we have people in this church, women who come to the prayer meetings, and 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 they will tell you that what I'm going to say is true. There are times when you're praying, and your tongues are like worship. I love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. And there's times it's, I mean, you're giving somebody in the spirit realm up the country. And you're sitting there going, what's going on? How many of you have had times when you knew that you knew that you knew you needed to pray in the spirit? And you're going, I don't even know what's wrong. And yet it was very imperative for you to pray in the Spirit. Let me, let me back up a minute and I'm going to tell you a story. I, you hear me tell the story about how the, the FBI came to my, my office and tried to put me in prison for a girl being raped. What I didn't tell you was that all month the Holy Ghost was going, go pray, go pray, go pray, go pray. And I'm like, about what? And I'm glad that I went and prayed because when he shows up, somewhere in my prayer, uh, the lady I used to work for whose husband was the head of the Chamber of Commerce in Tulsa, Rita McKim, and, and, and um, what's the boy's name that took over my job? I think, um, uh, I'll think of it a minute. Him and the, and the girl that was the cleaning lady, and, and they all took me to lunch from about 10.30 to 3. It really made me mad. I mean, this is not lunch. I have to work for a living. You can't take me out to lunch from 10.30 to 3. But they did. Well, the girl was getting raped while I'm having lunch, and God was protecting me because I had prayed about it before it happened and the devil go and the God's going the devil's trying to put my preacher in jail and I need him to go pray and I'm in there going what are we praying about and he's going shut up and pray what are we praying about shut up and pray what am I praying about just shut up and so I've learned that when he prompts me just shut up and pray because he's kept me out of a lot of messes I know y'all are so excited tonight, I just can't hardly stand it. I'm going to preach to the wall back here. So there's a rest. There's a rest that he wants you in. You and I are to live in this earth, not agitated and fighting and dealing with all the messes. There is a place called in the spirit. It's not natural. It's a place of all hell's breaking loose, but I'm fine. And that happens only to the degree that God can get you in the Spirit. And let me prove it to you. Peter Peter, Peter denies Jesus. Remember Peter denies Jesus? Well, later, they come to arrest him, to kill him, put him in jail, and he falls asleep. Well, apparently, he'd been praying in the Holy Ghost because there ain't no way in the world you can sleep when you're going to die tomorrow, unless you've been Shondai, Shondai, tie my bow tie for a little while. There's a refreshing God wants you and I in, and so often we are trying in the natural to fix something that's not natural and there's only one group of people on the planet that even understand it and can have rest, and it is tongue-talking, devil-chasing, holy-rolling Christians who pray in tongues. It is a gift for you and I to get us through this time, but it's way more than just that. Now think about this for a minute. The Holy Ghost is God. God. So the Holy Ghost, God, God, is helping you pray in a language you don't know. That's cool. That makes you a superhero. You say you're a super I have I have superpowers. What superpower is that? I'm praying out the mind of God. That's a superpower. You just not did not know You know, my favorite superhero is Mr. Incredible because I like strong, old, fat superheroes, especially if you're married to an Girl. With stammering lips and another tongue, he, God, will speak to this people. Now, listen to me very carefully. Without praying in the Holy Ghost, you will never know the will of God. And you'll never step in to the knowledge of God. You say, I'm saved. Good. So without, without well, I know you're going to think about people right now. I can't help that. How many people do we know that are born-again Christians, and they go to first church? They don't know anything about healing. They don't know anything about who they are. And they don't even care. Why not? Because they, they got born again, and the next thing Jesus said, the next thing, don't even Leave your hometown without stepping through the door of the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. It is the door, not only the supernatural, but all Holy Ghost knowledge, all knowledge. So when you hear people going, I don't believe in that prosperity message. What they're really saying is I don't pray in tongues. Well, I don't know about this. You say who you are in Christ. Are you saying that you're God? I said, "No, I'm the body of Christ." Oh, there you go again. I watched some of the arguments on Facebook against Copeland and all that. I'm going, y'all are dumb as rocks. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, y'all aren't even out of kindergarten. And you're right; they don't, they they didn't miss it in the, they they didn't. The Holy Ghost wrote this book. He wrote this book, and this is a closed book until he opens it. And the way he opens it is for your spirit, man, to get so full of God that what's in your spirit comes up out of your spirit into your soul. And you go, oh, I had a thought Whoa, dude, I just found out what a scripture meant. (laughs) Glory to God, Jesus is Lord. And then you go to your friends and go, have you ever read? They go, I don't understand what you're so excited about. And yet they've read it, and it makes no sense. Now we're going to go over the scriptures you don't understand, because there's a bunch of them. But you're going to. Say, I'm going to. So he says right here, with stammering lips and another tongue, he'll speak to you. And this, and we'll get into the word rest in a minute. Oh, my God, the rest, the rest of God, which he calls you to the weary to rest. I'm not against, you hear me talking about all the time about going to the beach. I'm not against going to the beach. Go to the beach. Don't go to the beach because you're weary. You get full of God and then go to the beach. And sit on the beach and go, I love you, Lord. But don't go there. We go. I'm having a bad day. I have to go to the beach. No, you're having a bad day. You need to get full of the holiness now. Go to the beach because you're putting your faith in dirt and not God. I needed to. You know, there's people I, I don't. I don't. I don't like this. Oh, I just love Disney. I can't stand the place. <laughs> it's a small world after all. Boy, I couldn't wait till the boys got old enough we didn't have to go back to the small world ever again. I mean, it's like, give me a break. And now they've gotten so woke, I can't cut it. But listen, I understand that you like nice bushes and nice. I get it. Go home and manicure your yard. <laughs> Clean that dump you live in of. Get full of. I didn't take that off the tape on it. Go to John 16, go to John 16, and I'm, I'm going to preach way better than y'all are going to listen, but I just want y'all to just, uh, we, we, we are star tracking right now. Everything I ever learned in my life, I learned because I walk around praying in tongues, and I pray in tongues because I don't know squat. I just so much, I don't know and the more I pray in tongues, the more I know. And the more I know, the more I pray in tongues. And the more I pray in tongues, the more I know. And the more I know, the more I know. I don't know nothing. But I'm glad that he knows. All right, look at this. Look at this scripture right here. John 16. Glory to God. 16:12. I have a lot of stuff I want to say to you. That's good enough. Now, he's talking to his, his disciples before he died. We know that. But you can't hear it now. They weren't born again. You can't bear it now. Why? They weren't saved yet. However, when he, person, the spirit of truth, he is the spirit of truth, all truth, nothing but truth, so help me God. And if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you don't have truth because he's the only one going to give you truth. He's going to guide you into how much truth? All of it. But line upon line. He ain't going to dump it all on you in a day. He's going to give you a line. And you're going to go. Okay, okay, you got that down. Okay, let me give you some more. And then later he's going to give you some more. And then you're going to go, whoo, and he's going to give you some more. So you, we had not arrived yet. When he will guide you in all truth, he will not speak of his own authority, as whatever he is, And he'll tell you even things that are going to come. He will glorify me, take what's mine, and show it to you. All things the Father has are mine. Therefore, uh, he's going to take a mine and show it to you. Everything that belongs to Jesus, he will show it to you. Now, There is a natural wisdom and there is a spiritual wisdom. Wisdom, and you learned this from Matt Hammond, if you were paying attention, is the ability to use knowledge rightly. You say a lot of people have a knowledge of God and they don't know how to make it work. And there's things in the Bible that we have heard people preach, I have, and I went home and tried it and it didn't work. And I'm like, Okay, that didn't work. But the guy that preached it, it worked, but it didn't work for me. And I went, okay, I don't understand why it didn't work for me. And then I would have to go pray in the Spirit, and the Lord would say, well, I, you know, Jesus was made unto me wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, and in him is the head of all knowledge and truth. And the Holy Ghost would say, well, you, Daryl, need to be paying attention to this. And I'm going, oh. I never thought about that. I never saw that. I didn't even got a tape on that or a cassette or a CD. I never even heard that. I never even read a book about that. Okay, okay. So he's taken me through a progression of showing me what I need to get my prayer answered because there is, because you have knowledge doesn't mean you know how it works. But yet there is supernatural knowledge. Knowledge and wisdom. Okay. All right. Notice how quiet it is. It's, you're scaring me. I'm going to say Mark, and I'm fearless. Go to 1 Corinthians 14. I can't wait to get to the end of my sermon because it's actually fixing to get better. But I don't know how it could get any better because it's so good already. All right. 1 Corinthians 14:2. He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, I'm not talking to you, but to God, no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he's speaking what? Thank you, thank you. What's he talking? Mysteries. Wilson, what mysteries? Everything God ever had for you is in your spirit. But you got to get it out. Or you just won't ever know nothing. Karen Brown? Everything that you're ever going to do in life is inside you. Everything you need to be victorious is in you. You've got to. You've got to pray it out. Okay. Now, Lisa, will tell you what I'm about to tell you is true. Everything I've ever done in my life, I had to pray it out. Now, I will tell you, my flesh doesn't always like it. I want my oatmeal that fast. I want my gas that fast. I want my coffee that fast. And God, never mind, y'all aren't getting this. So I married Lisa. Lisa. Lisa knows I have a call of God on my life. I know I have a call of God on my life. I'm excited about the call of God on my life, but I don't know what it is. And I am a miserable man. I have a thing I call divine dissatisfaction. It's when you don't like waking up, you don't like going to bed, you don't like nothing else. And what it is is God is on the inside of you going, how long are you going to stay where you are? Where do you want me to go? Pray. I did for 30 minutes. Thank you. So Lisa will tell you, when we get married, we live over on Indian Bluff Court. Every day I got up and went to work, I have a wonderful wife. Josh has been born. We have a wonderful little boy. He's fat as a butterball. Lisa keeps taking pictures of him all the time. Thousands of pictures with Josh. You don't have fun. I don't know what you took pictures with, but you took pictures with everything. You know how moms are when they're babies. You need to take, put him in a little hat and take a picture and take him to the beach and a little fat belly and take a picture and, and just pictures. Of course, I, I'm, I'm excited about my little boy. I'm excited about my wife. But I, wanna, I just hate laying concrete blocks. I just don't want to lay another concrete block. Longest day I live. But it's feeding us. And so I get off of work and I come home and I get on my little gym shorts and my Adidas tennis shoes and down the road I run. I run three miles every day. Then I went in there, and I got I got a bench in the in the garage, and I'm working out with weights because Lisa wants to be married to a handsome dude with the muscles. You know. I got some. Might as well try to keep them, at least at this point. And so at that point, I would go in and take a shower, and then she'd fix me dinner. And then I went in Josh's bedroom and locked the door. And I sat in there, and I prayed, and I did it every night. How long? How long did that go? A month, maybe more? I'm not leaving this bedroom until I hear from God. This is what's wrong with the younger generation. They just kind of like, well, I kind of think I like um, Cocoa Beach. Think I'm going to go to Cocoa and start a church. Yeah, let's, let's go to Cocoa. We'll start a church. You better stay out of Cocoa. Now, I decided that I was going to be an evangelist. That is what I decided. Plus, I had prophecies. From false prophets that I was supposed to be an evangelist, and you, Nastly, so we got us a ministry called Wings of Freedom. I got my pilot's license, I got my Kenneth Copeland Bible, my Kenneth Copeland license, and I failed miserably. I got three places one year to preach, and they didn't even take up an offering for me. I mean, I am like God. Like, where are you? Don't you understand that I need you to come do what I'm doing? And he ain't paying any attention to me. He's ignoring me, and I don't like it. After three times of preaching and not even getting an offering, I decided it was time for me to find out what he wanted. Shandai should we go down that road? What if he don't want to do what I want to do? Well, too bad. So sad. You're going to lay block the rest of your life. Is what you're going to do. And one day he showed me that he has a thousand years as as a day. And I went, Oh no. He says, I can I can wait till tomorrow. And I went, Oh no, you won't. Y'all didn't get that. That would be like a thousand years. So I'm in there praying, and I'm in there praying, and I'm in there praying. And I'm praying in the Spirit, and I'm praying in the Spirit. Because I don't know what to, I'm just praying in the Spirit, and I'm praying in the Spirit, and I'm praying in the Spirit. And I'm just praying in the Holy Ghost, and praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost. Finally, after a while, the Lord said, you're going to get a phone call from a man, and you're going to start flying an airplane. I went, yes, God. You're on it now, baby. You got this thing now. I got a phone call from Joe Hurston wanted me to fly to the Bahamas. That's God. Shooting lobsters and grouper and preaching and laying on the beach in the Bahamas. This is like God. And So I went to work with Joe and I'm in the middle of the will of God and I continue to pray and pray and I'm a praying in the spirit and I'm a praying in the spirit. And Melanie Hayward will show you, tell you that what I'm about to tell you is true. We're on the island of Loganoff And I'm over there walking around on an the island. There ain't a tree on this island. There ain't nothing on this island. And the Lord said, when you get home, that church and Apopka is going to ask you, you're the next pastor. And I went, I bind you. <laughs> the devil's talking to me. Well, Lisa will tell you, and this is to be the true. I've had to pray out everything we've ever done. I remember, and Betty May will tell you, this is true. We'd keep come in our building over there in the shopping center and prayed over the land, prayed over the land, prayed over the land. And, and it was Betty May that said, I've hidden you a, a property on a hill. And I'm like, in Apopka is a hill? I've never seen a hill anywhere in Florida, much less a popka. I walked on this property and it was kind of a bump, and I went that's a hill, but yet, I don't believe we'd have moved in here had we not prayed it out listen, listen, I could tell you I, we could do this all night before I moved to Orlando. I spent weeks and probably so, probably a couple of months alone in an apartment every day at lunch, praying, where did God want me to go? I, I was in Tulsa. I don't, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. But I'm not going to pick a spot on the map. I'm not going someplace. I found out what, what Elijah found out, that, if, that there's a place called there. When you are where he wants you to be, provision is there. If provision ain't there, you ain't in the right place. And a lot of times people are going, I'm praying about the money, I'm praying about the money. Stop praying about the money and find out about where you're supposed to be, honey. Yep. Never mind. All right. So, so you know, through, through my whole life, and, and, and I've had preachers come up to me, pastor, and one young man came to me and said, You know, I think I'm supposed to be in this city, and he moved there. And then I said, well, "How are you doing?" He said, "Nah, that wasn't it." And, and he moved up north of New England. And I, later I saw him. He said, "That ain't it." He said, "I'm coming back to Florida." And, I, and I'm like, "You scare me. Why don't you go find out?" Okay. But see, that would take effort. He said, "He said this and the rest, but they're not listening." This is very, praying in the spirit, very, very powerful. Because it says in Romans 8, you're praying the perfect will of God. You're praying mysteries. The mystery of of health. The mystery about your children. There may be mysteries to you, but they're not mysteries to God. And Paul prayed in the Holy Ghost. When he got in a shipwreck, he went below and he prayed in the Holy Ghost. Now, let me tell you something. There's not another way around it. Brother Hagin, they said that he would spend hours a day praying in the Spirit, and it said it will make you irresistible, causes the plan of God to unfold in front of you. Because unless you pray it out, it ain't happening. Well, what, but why is it we don't? Well, it, our, our, our soul fights us because we don't know what it means. And our brain goes, How long are you going to do that? What are you saying? I don't understand what you're saying. And I mean, this is like nonsense. And it takes faith to pray in the Spirit. Because the only way you know you're doing any good is that book. When oh, and there's another book that says you build yourself up. I prayed in tongues and went, I don't feel built. I didn't feel a, 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 a ziz and a, and, a, and a kazoo. Never mind. Let me ask you a question. When you went out to your car tonight night to come, did it crank? Do you know why? The alternator's charging it. Have you ever felt the alternator working? No. no. How do you know it isn't? You put a key in and it goes wah, wah. And you go, I think the alternator's broke. You don't feel, you're driving down the road, you don't feel alternator is working. Oh my God! I can tell. Oh, oh, oh baby, the. Auchman. You know that's stupid. Because you you don't need a feeling to see whether the whether the Holy Ghost is actually doing anything. When you're praying in tongues, don't wait on your body to go. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Shunda. Does it happen? Yeah. Well, that's not when it started working. Oh hey okay, boy, I'm preaching real good now. Now, have you ever woke up in the morning and you went wah wah? Yeah. You ain't praying in tongues. What's wah wah? Now you know that Charlie Brown's mama don't pray in tongues. Wah 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 wah. Never heard that woman say nothing but wah 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 wah. God, I'm having fun. Okay. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Go backwards. Take a left. You can actually be deep. Do you know that? I'm going to say something y'all may not believe what I'm going to say. You could actually be the smartest person in your family. I don't care whether they went to college or not. All you need is to get full of God. You know, I remember when the boys were little and they worked with Josh Brown, Justin would come home and say, "Yeah, me and Jordan spent some time this afternoon with a 40-year-old man helping him with his marriage." And I'm like, "You're only 18." He said, "Dad, it ain't. It, the questions are stupid. They are to someone full of God. You can be 18 and be bright. You can be 40 and be dumb." And when men start coming to my kids wanting to know about marriage and they ain't never been married, never mind. Look, look at this scripture here. I want to show you this. We speak of wisdom among those who are mature. Did you know this whole sermon is a wisdom among the mature? Did you know we'd have people that would come here tonight have no earthly idea what I just said? Well, There's an element of Wednesday night. We can go places. And people come in and go, What did he say? We speak of wisdom among those who are mature, not the wisdom of this age, King James says world, nor the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. They don't know squat. Let's go. We speak of wisdom of God and a mystery. The hidden wisdom of God, which he ordained before the ages for our glory. You are walking in a hidden wisdom if you're born again you have a wisdom of God. If you fill with the Holy Ghost, you have more wisdom. If you know who you are in Christ, you know more than 99% of the preachers on the planet. That's powerful, isn't it? And yet we still got a lot to learn. Wish none of the rulers of the age knew it. If they would have, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. They didn't know. But it's written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor entered the heart of man. The thing. Now listen, stop right there. Don't change it. Because you'll hear people say this. You know, the Bible says, I have not seen nor ear heard the things that God has for those. And we just don't know what God will do. You might want to read the next scripture. Stage right. But God has revealed them to me. How? Through pray praying and see. We think the word of knowledge means this. Okay, I have a word. I have a word. A word. A word. I have a word. Listen, listen, and I and I agree with that. But sometimes you're just praying in the spirit, and all of a sudden the scripture pops up, and you go, "Whoa, yeah, (laughs) God, that is so good. I never thought of that." Where's my Bible? Oh man, oh wow, man, you're on the line of marketing like that is awesome. That's the Holy Ghost just giving you. Just open another word of God Do you. Just open another word of God. Now, why is he opening it? Because you're wanting to know that. You're seeking that. Seeking, you'll find. If you're looking, you'll show it to you. You say, but I've lost stuff I don't know. <laughs> you ain't looking. True. You don't have to stay dumb. You don't have to stay dumb. Don't walk around and go, yeah, I did not know what the Lord wanted me know do. Well, you can know what he wants you to do. Just pray in the Spirit. Yep. And a lot. Okay. For the Spirit searches all things. The deep, the deep things of God. There's a man preacher walked in lunch one day and he said, You know, I'm reading a scripture in the Bible where there's a prayer Jesus didn't get answered. And I'm like, I don't think I've ever read a scripture in the Bible where Jesus didn't get his prayers answered. And he said, We would all be one. Hey, moron, he was not talking about you and I agreeing on doctrine. We were one in Christ. And I'm looking at this man going, I'm not even going to tell you what you just said is dumb. Jesus didn't get all his prayers answered. And I thought, that's sad. You're a mess. Never mind. I know none of y'all have ever had these talks with family members and, and they say something and you're like, not all right. That's not even close. Come on, help me out a little bit. You know what I'm talking about. God has revealed. Go back to that, go back to that. God has revealed them to us through His spirit the deep thing. He Listen, there is nothing in God he won't show you. But understand that while you're on this earth, there's no way in the world he can tell you everything he knows. It's going to take like a chameleon years. And then he's only going to get started. <laughs> you remember the story of um, George Washington Carver? And he said, why did you make man? He went, ah, too big. And he goes, okay. And he asked him another question. He went, nah. He, and so George Washington Carver, just out of frustration, said, well, then tell me about a peanut. And God went, well, that's a huge subject. But that's a good place for you and I to start. This man lived and died and changed the South because God taught him about one item in a garden called a peanut. There's, God knows more than just peanut he actually knows a thousand ways to use a watermelon, and a hundred thousand ways to use broccoli, and about two million ways. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? There's no, there's no lack of knowledge on God's end. I'm going to tell you this story I saw the other day. Someone sent it to me. Now, if I'm excited tonight, it's okay. I'm having a revival, and you can just watch me. But the day the Lord shed, said to me. During the millennial reign, you're going to get in a bubble at home. You're going to step in a bubble. And you're going to say, take me to church. And the bubble is going to go up here and you're going to take me to church. And, and, and I said, cool. He said, you want to know how it's going to work? I went, yeah. Tell me how it's going to work. He said, in the earth are gravitational forces. There's gravity holding everything down. He said, what if? You could put a substance on the bottom of that bubble that restricted gravity. Not a, not a jet, not air. Just it would it whatever it weighed a thousand pounds, not weighs ten. A substance, and I went, okay. How does it fly? He said, what if you could make that substance be on the front and not the back, and the gravity pulled it like a sail does." Wind, a wind does a boat. And I went, cool. And he's just playing with me, telling me how we're going to fly around during a moon and a rain. And he's telling me something, that there's no motors or nothing. And he said, it's all voice command. There's so many of these little things in this glass that your vo- it picks up your voice and it does it. You sit down and go, take me to church. And it goes, and does it for you. Now, you wouldn't believe that unless you had phones now that you said, call Lisa. But see, we're already entering into that technology now. Something that we used to think was crazy, it's not and if and 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 we've already got cars Lisa the in her in her little e-car the other day there's this little thing there that tells her she's supposed to be in this lane and I want to get on the other lane and the car's going to need do want to be in that lane and she goes where is that button and to turn this car off because it's trying to keep me from going to the left lane and I want to get in the left lane and I'm standing there. Like, y'all ever had that happen? you're riding down the road in your car and your car goes you're too close to that car everybody Anybody got a car? I mean, my truck does that. I'm going, I know, I'm close, I'm supposed to be. Shut up. (laughs) So I found out that spiders take a web and throw it out. And it's got electromagnetic field that causes gravity on the earth to pull it through the sky. And God's been doing that since the garden. Spiders have been going, God, we knew that a long time ago. Is y'all are not, I'm going to the Baptist church next week and preach on a Wednesday night. I am not coming back in there. Is this not cool? How much stuff does God want to show us? Oh, yeah, so much. And it's simple. Just pray in tongues more. So if you're afraid of it, let me help you with something. You live in Florida. Everybody here speaks different languages. The closer you are to Disney, the, the norm, more normal you appear. And then, because everyone has that thing on their ear, they don't think about you walking around talking to someone that is not there. So technology has made praying in tongues normal. Right in the middle of Winn-Dixie, nobody gives a rip. They go, this Muslim guy came walking by here a few minutes ago talking to someone in Arabic, and, uh, and you know, I don't know who he was talking to, but he must have been, I mean, he acted like he knew him very well, and I mean, he has to stay I think he was on the phone. I think, I think he was on the phone. I was. <laughs> the phone. The phone. <laughs> okay, Zach, I'm, you and I are enjoying this. Where were we? Ten. I want to read it out of my Bible. God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. Spirit searches all things. What man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of that man in him? No one knows things of God except the Spirit of God. Now, now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit from God that we might know. The things that are freely given to us by God. These things we speak in words which which man's wisdom teaches, what which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with the natural man. He doesn't have a clue what you're even talking about tonight. But we do. This is a spiritual wisdom. It's the key to the Bible. It's the key. This is revealed the Bible is revealed knowledge. Mark Hagen's got a book out there called Revelation Knowledge. Until God opens the book, a book makes no sense to you. I don't care if you're reading it. You can read it and go, I didn't get that. We'll read it again. I didn't get it. Well, this time read it in tongues. And you go, oh, <laughs> I see. It's revealed knowledge. Every Revelation I have ever gotten in my life came after seasons of praying in the Spirit. Everything I know. Even though I read Brother Hagin's books. You know how many Raymond students that read Brother Hagin's book and still were dumb as a rock? Nobody understands that. I understand it completely. Been there, done that, bought the t-shirt? Okay. Colossians 1.10. Colossians 1 10. How much time do I got? Oh, I hate watches. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in what? The knowledge of God. The knowledge of God. See, so many people want to come up and go, Pastor, pray for me. And I go, With all due respect, why don't you pray? Why don't you pray? just don't be so lazy I know that's kind of brutal but true because no one cares more about you than you no one cares pray for for, pastor, pray for my uncle no you pray for your uncle and they call your uncle and tell your uncle to pray for your uncle well he's busy, he's in the golf course Okay. Well, he's probably not gonna get much. But now, for a hundred thousand dollars an hour, I'll pray for him. <laughs> Y'all are thinking that's just brutal. It's, you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you mad. Okay, Ephesians, Ephesians one seventeen. I got, I gotta get somewhere. I gotta go somewhere, and I got fifteen minutes. I am going to get there. I'm going. Amen. Ephesians one seventeen. I gotta get there. 117. That the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, Father of glory, would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding would be flooded with light so you would know the hope that you were called to. If the Holy Ghost don't show it to you, you don't know it. Even though you sit in church, even though I preached good sermons, Amen. didn't do a bit of good. You weren't prayed up when you came, and you didn't pray about it when you left, and you came in dumb, and you went home dumb, just as dumb as a rock. But if you would come in and can get up in the morning and pray in the Holy Ghost, and then come in and worship God, and what is worship? I'm going to give you the definition of worship. Worship is when you find out you're not God. That's what worship is. What do I mean by that? You see, the blind Barnabas said, Son of David, because he goes, I can't heal me. See, you don't, the opposite of worship is worry. Worry is because you think you're going to fix it, <laughs> and you're not. Amen, that's right. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, have you considered praying the Spirit? Oh, I have done that. Not very much. Because that's the joy of the Lord is your strength, and you're kind of missing an element. Now I'm going to go. Now let's get into the part about rest. Hebrews 4, we're going to get into rest. He said, this is the rest, the rest, the rest, the rest. Not the worry, but the rest. You see, a person who prays in the spirit a lot, they don't freak out much. They're not walking around going. <laughs> That's not a part of faith, and the faith, and then it builds yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping yourself in the love of God, and praying in tongues gives you cause you to walk in faith, and it makes you nice. So, so. Hebrews 4.8, if Joshua had given them rest, they wouldn't have ever for we're spoken unto the there, there remains a rest for the people of God. and He who has entered rest for himself has ceased from his own works as God did. You see, rest is when you are no longer trying to make it happen. There's no such thing as, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, you ain't resting because you think you're going to do it. You need to help me with that. I got one amen and that's right. Okay, listen. One of the greatest things you'll ever learn from praying in the Holy Ghost is how to fight to stay in the hammock with a lemonade. God's got it. Glory to God, Jesus, Lord. All right, one of the greatest benefits, I'm going to tell you this, I've got I to watch my time. When I told you the story a while ago about me trying to be in the ministry and trying to have an evangelistic, and nothing ever worked, nothing ever worked, nothing. You know what God, you know what scripture God gave me? 1 Peter 5, 7. And, and this is what I said to Lisa one day. I said, I'm so tired of trying to go into ministry that I don't even care. I don't mean I don't care. But you understand I'm quoting the scripture now. I'm not taking. I can't do it. God does it or I cannot. We'll come over here and preach. If he don't do it, if he don't do it, you ain't. And if you're worried, he ain't working. So you got to get in the rest so that he can do the job of getting you where you need to be that you can't get there <laughs> you have no idea how much fun i'm having right now and some of y'all are going because you ain't praying in tongues enough okay <laughs> I love this book by John G. Lake. I just love this book. So it's book reading time, children. Stephen Merritt was a godly old undertaker in the city of New York. His dear old wife and he lived a godly life. They raised one son. If there ever was a reprobate, it was that son, Charlie. Charlie would get into some disreputable affair. And the police would come and say, Charlie has done so and so. It's going to take so much money to get him out of this difficulty. There's the problem right there. Quit getting them out. Oh, don't get me going down this road. You have helped Charlie out is the reason Charlie's in the mess. He's never had to eat the fruit of stupid yet. Oh, I'm afraid. That's another. That, now we really know you need to pray. God didn't give you spirit of fear, power, and love, and a sound mind. Praying in tongues don't give you more fear. Woo, Jesus is Lord. The next week another would come along and something else, so on and on and on. And the two old gray heads were praying and pouring their tears out for their son's salvation. Stephen Merritt had a habit of receiving people in his office and helping them. John Woolley was one he helped. He handed him $5, says, you meet me, such and such a campground. Woolley was a drunkard. He had not been accustomed to anyone trusting him with money. He met the old man and he found God. One day, as he sat in his office praying about his son, Charlie, the floor was wet with his tears, and he heard the voice of God and said, How long have you been trying to save Charlie? So many of us are trying to save Charlie. And we have gotten in the way of God. And he said, Long time, Lord. And the Lord said, If you're through, I'll take over. Are you done yet? That's my Joel Osteen look. (laughs) Okay, come on. The Lord said, if you're through, I'll undertake. And the old man said, and it worked out this way. The police came and said, Charlie did so and so. And he said, who's Charlie? Why, he's your son. I don't have a son named Charlie. That day he knelt there and said, Lord, he's not my son anymore, and I'm going to give him to you until he's saved. Is he in faith? Yeah, he's in faith. See, you can't, Brother Hagin said, on the deathbed, and the Lord told him, until you get over the sin of worry, you're not coming off this deathbed. You're sick and you're worrying yourself the rest of the way to the grave. Oh, y'all don't know how y'all don't look too good right now. Well, I'm going to read my book. They looked at him and they shook their heads. They sent another officer. And then they said, it's no use to go to him anymore. It looks like that old man has gone slap crazy. Nine months passed and one day an officer came and said, Charlie jumped off Brooklyn Bridge. And he's finished. They wanted the old man to have the river dragged to obtain the body. And he said, I have no son named Charlie. Drag the river if you want to. And they dragged the river, and the body they found was not Charlie's. Three months passed, and one day a clerk said, There's one of your friends standing in your office. And he walked out, and it was Charlie. He was beautifully dressed, clean-faced, everything indicating the light of God on his face. And the old father walked in and the son fell at his feet and kissed him and asked his dad for forgiveness. And he said, three months ago, I got saved in a mission and I did not want to come see you till I came as a man. That's his rest. He ends up by telling another story about, let me just read it. Let me just read it. i got time. He said there was a a shipyard in, let me see, Sulox, Salt St. Marie, Michigan. One day a sailor was up on the mast. He lost his balance and shot over the ship in the water. Another sailor stood on the railing and watched him. He went down, he came up. He went down, he came up. Everything around that man was foam all around him. Still the fellow just stood there. And the chap went down for the third time limp. Just as he was disappearing, he shot in the water and came up with the drowning man. A couple of the gentlemen stood by and said, That fellow has taken men out of the water before. He waits until all the kick is out of him. Or otherwise he'll drown them both. You know, sometimes God's waiting for you to quit kicking. Help me, Jesus. Quit kicking. Well, I'm preaching good. He said, It's not... Trying, it's trust. So, praying in the Spirit, this is the rest. You need to get at rest. You need, I didn't finish my story. One day I looked at Lisa and I went, I'm tired of trying. Starting now, either God puts me in ministry or I'm not going. And Tom called me to preach, and I preached a sermon his church called. I just don't care. And he said, the best sermon I ever preached. I got up and I said, this is happening, and I don't care. What I didn't mean that I didn't care. It just meant that I'm refusing to walk around with this care on me anymore. I'm fixing to get real carefree. Whether you put me in ministry, you put me in ministry. Or I ain't going. And you either God or you're not. Heal my body or I'll die, and I don't care. Brother Hagin, they said, it wore all the varnish off the bed trying to stay alive. We're in. Let's well, pray in t- This is the rest. Come on, y'all. I'm preaching better than you. Amen. And what happens to you when you pray a lot? You get kind of drunk. You know, you know what I'm talking about? You just walk around going, ha, <laughs> They're going to bomb Israel. <laughs> they're about to blow the whole damn earth up. Glory oh. to God. And then Ezekiel the 38 wars had, ah, that's that's good. We're going home. Glory to God. I mean, you can tell someone praying in the Holy Ghost. They're just like, you know, they just look like they stepped out of a bar. Are you drunk? <laughs> what made you think that? <laughs> no, I don't drink much. Are you all out there? This is rest. And you don't even have to go to the beach. And you don't even have to go to the liquor store. There's more to this. Listen, when, when, when Mark Hankins is preaching, talking about laughing and all that, folks, listen, I watched a video today, and, and I'm talking people who are sinners on a subway, sinners, one man starts laughing. <laughs> everybody on the subway started laughing. They're watching you go, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and after about 10 minutes, everybody on the car was laughing. Every, uh, and then nobody even told a joke. Imagine what would happen around you if you just that we started being happy a little bit. Walk into work. <laughs> you know, remember the day they fired me? They said, "How are you doing?" I said, "Good." They said, well, "We've got to let you go," and I went, <laughs> and I started laughing. And he said, "I think you misunderstood me." I said, "No, I didn't misunderstand you. You said you're firing me." No, we're not firing you. We're letting you go. I said, "Well, that's, it. that's the same thing." I said, "My God will meet all of my needs," and I said, "Can I pray for y'all?" Since y'all's business is going under. I don't give a rip with you. Here's a God and you are not him. That's right. Amen. I was looking for one when I came in here and he'll take care of me. And by that night, I had another job making more money. But, you know, f- listen to me. Faith, you can see it. You can see faith. You, listen, there's times, that, and I know your wife has said this to you. You walked in the house, and she said, you didn't pray much today, did you? Why do you think that? That That'll never happen. Are you all out there? Do you go home? Say, this is the rest that God helps me rest. You can go into a place of rest anytime you want to. Then go to the beach. But they would not. Now, that's not us. That's not us. You're waiting on a move of God. You are a move of God. And I refused to wait any longer on him. I got tired of waiting on him. I said, if you don't move, I'm just going to move myself. Never mind. And he's like, well, that's kind of what I've been waiting on. Now, if you can talk everybody else in your church to moving, we'll have a move of God. This is good, isn't it? There is supernatural strength. There is supernatural knowledge. And the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, is the door. It's the door. It's so simple you would need an education to miss it. But, but you know, hillbillies from Georgia, we just ain't that smart. So when God says just pray in a language you don't know, you go, uh, kind of like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about right there. I want you to do something when you leave tonight. Get in a... Create a habit of praying in the spirit, till it becomes habitual. Yes. Until you just—it's the most normal thing. I know, when around my house, me and Lisa, just, just—I mean, you're just walking through Walmart, driving down the road in truck. You know, I'm not trying to be spiritual. I'm just praying in the Holy Ghost. Just praying in the spirit. Just praying in the spirit. And all the time, the Spirit of God's going, you ever think about that? I go, Well, oh, that's pretty cool. You ever think about that? That's pretty cool. I've gotten to where I carry a pad of paper with me. And the more I pray in the Spirit, I mean, it's like he's like, yeah, what about Yeah, what about that? Wow, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. He's always showing me something cool. I'm going, oh, I do I'm out of time. I've had him tell me where the fish were. I've had him tell me where the deer were. And he say he'll just show you spiritual stuff. Oh, that's good. I've had him tell me where a Levi jacket I wanted was. Yeah. What store and what hangar. Oh, boy. Lisa walks around the house going, Holy Ghost, where's my keys? Where's my keys? And what did I do with my phone in the name of Jesus? <laughs> and, and he'll show you and I said, "Well, do not you Holy Ghost chore not to lose it anymore? Are y'all out there? I mean, I'm trying to quit, folks. This is this is so simple. It's simple. Your brain does not wrap around even now what I just said. It cannot understand spiritual things. Don't ask it to. Just." Don't ask your brain to go. Did you understand that? No. I didn't understand a thing. Let me tell you one more story. I got I to gotta tell you this. My mother's laying in the hospital. She's praying in tongues. My mother's crazy. I don't, I don't know what she's doing. Doctor walks by and says something to her in a foreign language. She went, excuse me? And he said, are you Armenian? She says, no. He says, well, you were worshiping God. In Armenian. She goes, Well that was tongues. She goes, I don't know what it was, lady, but it sounded like Armenian to me and he walked down the thing. I'm going, that's cool. One day I'm in Mexico and I prayed for a guy and he started speaking in tongues in English. That's cool. That's cool. I love you, Jesus, I love I said, Did he speak Spanish? He don't speak a lick of English. He down there going, I love you, Jesus. I'm going, ha, ha, that is neat. I'm done. I gotta pray now. Father God, thank you for tonight. I pray that we walk out of here tonight with some wisdom. You have given us exceeding precious promise. And all of us in this room, including me, there's a lot more than we've ever taken advantage of because your knowledge is without, there's no depth to it. There's so much that the ones of us in this room need to know. So many things we're asking about, and yet it was so simple all the time that if we just broke away and quit trying to work it up, turn tongues into a work, just worship you, pray in the Holy Ghost, and let you do your job, we would have a lot easier life. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.